So, if you want to open up, uh, we gave a pray before we begin, but if you want to open up your Bibles to Luke 13, and we'll be starting from uh, verse 18 through till 35. So that's Luke 13, 18 to 35. Pastor... Uh, Fraser sends his apologies. He was, uh, he, well, he was, he is uh, sick and he's unwell, and so he, he couldn't be here preaching this morning. So uh, I understand him. We shall see how this goes. You're doing that now, wait until, no, we'll see. It'll be fine, it'll be, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's so good to see all, all of you here this morning. It's so good to see some new faces as well. If you're new to Glasgow, if this is your first time, if you've got a couple, couple of weeks and I haven't said hello to personally on behalf of Glasgow, Eden, a big hello. You're so welcome. Thank you for coming and being part of the wonderful family that, we, that is Glasgow, Eden. It's an honour to have you here um, this morning and... In case I forget afterwards, you can see we've got the welcome point down here. If you're new to Glasgow, you've been coming for a few few months, a couple of weeks, perhaps it's your first time after the service, please make your way come down. We're going, to, we're going to be there. It's just a chance for us to get to know you a little bit better because in a church this size, as you'll know, if you want to be anonymous and you want to come in and you want to sneak away and not speak to one, that's, it's so easy to do that for people to get lost. And with so many people in the church, it's really hard for any of all, well, even if he had did all the pastors, all this pastoral team go around and try and get around to everyone, say hello to everyone, let there be lights. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, sorry, I mean, one of those, I mean, one of those sense of humans today, so I do apologize. Uh, uh, yeah, it's really hard to miss people, and that's really not on our heart. And so if it goes through kind of some weeks and you think, you know, I haven't really been spoken to or things like that, that's not on our heart. That's not what uh, happens. Sometimes things happen and things like that. So part of our heart is for this is to help us get to know you, but help you to get to know us as well, because um, that's vitally important. We see that is important. And so we don't want anyone who comes through those doors to feel like they're not important, because you are important. And so... That's part of the heart. So if you're new, come, please come join us. There's some cakes down there and bits and pieces like that. But shall we pray before we begin? That's a good place to start, isn't it? So Heavenly Father, we come before, we come before you and we just lift up this time. We lift up this moment to you and say, God, would your kingdom come and would your will be done? God, we pray, Lord, would you speak into all of our hearts? Would you transform us, Lord? Lord, thank you for what you've been doing through out this year that's gone, throughout this month that's gone, throughout this week that has seemed to have flown by so fast. But Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to us and you're transforming us. But God, in this moment, may we hear directly from you. May we hear your voice. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. And God, we pray, Lord, anything that's of me may be blown away in the wind and forgot about. But God, we pray, Lord, that everything that's from you, may it resound in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So if you, I, because it's last minute, I know, apologies, we normally have uh, slides with the words up on the back, and so if you're, um, if you've got the Bible with you, by with you uh, please follow along. 
Luke 13 from verse 18. He said, Jesus said, he said, Therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? Did someone say something? Okay. What is the kingdom of God? <laughs> okay. Well, I thought I had someone so call my name. What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it, and it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in the branches. And again, he said, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. Thank you, guys. It's up on the... See, what a team we have at the back. Thank you so much. Yeah, give a round of applause. Verse 22. He went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, those who are saved... Will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, open, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you, taught in your, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me. All, you work, all your work, work, workers are evil. And in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out and people will come f- from east and west and from north and south and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. At that very hour, Pharisees came and said to him, get away from here for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, go and tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons before and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Behold, your house is forsaken, and I tell you, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. One of the things I love about this first part of the passage is, is that Jesus is trying to describe a heavenly aspect, a heavenly principle so we can understand it. And many a time throughout the Bible, um, the trees and Fraser did a, a, talk, a talk a little while ago about trees and, and go, go, check, go check that out. And, but one of the things in the Old Testament 
it was, they were used to describe kingdoms. So the Babylonian kingdom was described as uh, trees. Um, and even God, if you go to Ezekiel, um, you don't have to, but you can do, if you go to Ezekiel uh, 17, 22 to 27, it says, uh, God says this, um, from I am the Lord God, I have spoken. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will t- take a spray, sprig from the t- loftiest top of the cedar and will set it out. I will break off from the topmost of its y- young twigs a tender one, and I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it, that it may bear branches and produce fruit and become a noble cedar. And under it will dwell every kind of bird in the shade of its branches. Birds of every sort will nest, and all the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree and make high the low tree. Draw out the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it. And he had this fantastic, amazing image of God describing his kingdom-like a tree. And when you look at a tree, if you, if, you if you put yourself into the position, okay, if you're a bird, what does a tree do? A, a tree is welcoming for, every, for, for all kinds of birds. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is, where you're born, all the all the giant. It doesn't matter. The tree welcomes every single bird. And the same with the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what, what country you, you're born in or grew up or what culture or setting. Everyone is welcome into the kingdom of God. You are welcome. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter how bad you think you are. It doesn't matter if other, people, other people's view of you. God welcomes you into his kingdom. You're welcome. There is a place for you. There's a spot for you. If you come and you follow him, he won't cast you out. You are welcome. It's a safe place. It's a place of rest. It's a place of peace. It's a place of safety and fun and and laughter. It's, It's security. The kingdom of God provides that protection and that place of security for the birds to, to grow. It provides that protection from predators. The kingdom of God provides everything that the birds need. So whether it's, fo- so whether it's food, whether it's natural, whether it's berries for natural, whether it's spiritual, the kingdom of God provides that. For every single one, not the select few, but every single bird or person who, come, who comes in. The tree is designed to make the birds flourish. It has a purpose. It's designed for birds to make its home there, to build a nest, to feel secure. Amongst all the the storms and the rain and the hurricanes that, come, that comes his way, where it's from the, the heat of the sun 
or the coldness of the night, there's that protection there that the trees tries to provide and, and, does, and does provide for the, for the birds that take comfort. And it doesn't matter what season you are going through in this time, for those of us who believe and, and follow Jesus, when we are part of the kingdom of God, that is where we find our safety, that is where we find our security, that is where we find our restoration is in the kingdom of God, because no matter what season is going around, no matter what storms comes against us, is that, that, that security that Jesus has not only died and taken away our sins and forgiven us, but he's rose again and we're forgiven and we're part of his kingdom. And because we're part of his kingdom, he sealed us with the Holy Spirit. And so we're part of that. And so when he seals against the Spirit, no matter what comes against us, if the evil, if predators, predators try to come against us and try to seal us, because it's like attacking the seal, it's like the God lives inside of us, it's like attacking him and he's not going to leave that unanswered. Whether we see that or not, whether we see that spiritually or not, he's not going to leave that unanswered. There's a protection there. Things still do, ha- things still do happen. We still have to walk through tough times, but there's that, we know and we can trust that God is on our side. You don't fight the battles by yourself. And Jesus is trying to paint this picture of a security, a restoration. It's there where if you feel like, you know if you just need a rest from the, it's just that the pressure is just constantly there, and you just need a, a break from the sh- from the from the sun and the heat of the sun. It's like that's what the leaves are for to provide the, sh- the to provide that sh- comfort, to provide that restoration for you, to provide the needs that perhaps you're wanting. The kingdom of God is there. in many ways, different shapes or forms. And in the same way, it takes the analogy, takes the analogy of you, can take, you can take the tree analogy in so many different, in different ways, but you can't almost expand on it. As Jesus did, he used it as, uh, leaven, as leaven in bread. Normally, uh, leaven is normally seen in the Bible as something bad. You know, it's beware the the yeast and leaven of the Pharisees, don't let it contaminate you. But in this sense, actually, it's portrayed in a good sense because although you can't see it, you know it's in the bread. Bread by itself doesn't, doesn't, can't raise, it doesn't do anything, but when you have that, and it, it goes into the bread, transforms the bread, it raises, it makes it, it, makes it, it makes it better. Although you can't see it, it's there transforming, and so is the kingdom of God. You might not physically see it, but it's there transforming, it's working, it's constantly on the move. On the move. Nothing can defeat it. A bit like uh, John 1, when it says, you know, the light has come into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome. When it says overcome, it means aggressively. The, you know, the darkness is trying to aggressively overtake, destroy, get rid of the light. Nothing can get rid of the kingdom of God. Nothing can stop God from transforming your life. The darkness won't overcome. The darkness will never overcome. And just as the king, as it describes, you know, the leaven working through the dough, just as the Holy Spirit almost works through us as individuals that, yes, we're part of his kingdom. He calls us chosen. He calls us redeemed and forgiven. 
but there's still areas of my life that he's still slowly transforming. And if we're open to that and if we allow him to work, he's gradually transforming and changing our lives to be more like him. And you, you see this picture that Jesus is trying to describe to the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the disciples that are around him. And you see it when um, one, of the, one of the Pharisees, um, well, actually, he says, someone asked him in verse 23. And it's a good question. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. Now, strive isn't the striving to do good, to do good works. If you're striving and you do good works, then you're guaranteed. No, it's, the striving is, it's that heart. It's that, are you striving with all of your being to follow him? Where's your hope in? What are you, follow, what are you following because you have this whole di- you have this whole discourse with the Pharisees, and, um, and you have these people who so I, ca- I call them gatekeepers. Have you ever met a gatekeeper where um, perhaps you're? Um, let's use a couple of analogies. Perhaps some people say, you know, if you haven't got a King James version, then you haven't got a Bible. You ever, ever met those people? It's King James only. If you have got, haven't got a King James, you might as well throw it out the window. You've wasted your money, wasted time. It's like, we know that's absolute rubbish. But you have those gatekeepers who try and make themselves more superior than everyone else. Have you met them? Perhaps, you've got a, perhaps you're into photography a bit like me, and some people, uh, they make a, a purchase, and they've watched the, they watch the video on YouTube, or they've seen their favorite uh, professional uh, photographer, and they've, they've got this camera, and they've got this setup. So they spend all their money on this setup, and to make themselves feel better than everyone else, they say to people, when you get my camera, then you'll be a professional. <laughs> you ever met them? Or you're not a proper photographer unless you can use natural light and not use the lights and all that sort of rubbish. Just use natural light, like the, back in the old days. That's when you'll be a, a good professional photographer. And you've got the other people say, that's a load of rubbish. It's when you've got no light and you have to create the light yourself and sculpt it and mould it. When you can do that, that's when you're the professional photographer. And you have all these, all these different gatekeepers about, and the Pharisees act exactly the same. You're not, you won't be saved unless you're, you follow my way of thought. You won't be saved, you know, you're not a Christian, you're not a proper believer, unless you think my way of, it, my way of thinking. We still have them about today, don't we? Let's be honest. They creep up from time to time. It's one of the people I'm naturally allergic to, but... I know we're supposed to love everyone. I know we're supposed to forgive everyone, but sometimes you're just naturally allergic to it. And it's just like, it grates because actually people set themselves up as, you know, you have to come through my filter to be acceptable. And that's not what God says. God says, you only have to go through his. And that's, do you believe that he died and rose again? And if you do, and if you've asked for forgiveness, and if you follow him wholeheartedly, as it's saying, strive, follow, follow him wholeheartedly, then you can have peace and know that you are saved, that your sins are forgiven. That when we breathe our last breath on this fine earth, we know that we're going. Why? Because there's peace and security in the kingdom of God and the promises of God, which are fantastic. If you believe, you will be saved. 
and I will know you. But how many, how many people time after time after time perhaps try and sow that seed of doubt or perhaps people speaking to that or some people, even non-Christians, can say, You're, you call yourself a Christian and you're still doing that? Well, people say, no, you're Christians, you should have been, you should have got over that ages ago. And the enemy plays on. And perhaps it's still the shame and the guilt is, is still there. But there's a promise of God that you can find peace for your soul in the kingdom of God. That despite everyone shouting, you're a waste of space, you're rubbish, and all the nonsense, no, you've mucked up again, you're always the muck up. Why can't you just be like your sister? Why can't you just be like your brother? Why are you always the one that's mucking up? I never wanted you in the first place, and all that rubbish. Despite what other people think, you can find your true identity and your true purpose, your true reason for living, your true reason for being in the kingdom of God and through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit comes just like that and transforms and works and transforms our life to reflect more like him. And you have this battle between the, 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 um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and uh, the rest of the, of the almost like Israel and, and the rest, because a lot of the Pharisees and Sadducees thought, you know what, um, the select few will go into the kingdom and perhaps one or two others, but the rest, the, the rest of them, they, they're just blatant sinners and they, 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 God wouldn't have anything to do with them. And Jesus in here in answering this is checking the heart of the people who are coming to him. They're asking him, you know, what's the what's the kingdom like? They've been journeying, if you go, if you not go read it, but if you go go back previously, he's been telling power, uh, he's been healing people, he's been uh, telling parables, he's been guiding people about the kingdom of God, he's been revealing, showing show, showing. Heavenly principles that you know he's created, he, he's made, and he's trying to bring them down into a language that we can begin to comprehend and understand and reveal. Which absolutely, if you think about it, is mind blowing in itself that he's revealing the knowledge of that to us, and he's showing and he's addressing the heart issue. How's your heart? How is your heart these days? Is it with all the, the news and stuff that's just going on in society? Is the heart just got troubled, wearied, burdened, upset? Is it a bit frustrated, the amount of stuff that's going on in society? That is it just frustrated and... Bit cynic, bit cynical. How's your heart? If you were to do a self-examination of, okay, where, where am I at right now? Am I, am I just tired? I've been trying to do good for so long, and I'm just tired, and my attitude is perhaps just slipping, or I'm frustrated, or perhaps 
do you know what? There's been a lot of disappointments this year, and you know, this year I'm just, I'm just angry, disappointed. Felt like. What's your heart like today? I know for myself, when you see everything that's going on, and when you, and when you, and especially um, when you see the church, God's doing something new in the church and transforming. He's doing stuff and he's work, and he's working sometimes. And there's when God's moving, sometimes there's so much. It almost seems, seems like there's more problems than there is moving. Does that make sense? And you think, oh, aren't we just moving? Aren't we just moving? And sometimes it can. You can be in that spot of negativity or, you know, why can't this happen? Why can't this happen? And you can just find yourself there. It's like, how did I get, how did I get myself there? And it's, it might have been just like a, a slow progress. And so sometimes it's like, are you feeling just a bit negative today? Has the encouragement gone? Has the welcoming gone? As we're getting a little bit towards Christmas and you start to hear the Christmas songs coming on the radio and it's like, it's not the first of December yet, bar humbug, I'm turning that off, Scrooge. <laughs> What's your heart like? God is constantly wanting to check your heart. And if your heart is burdened, if your heart is heavy, if your heart is being negative, or it's being sorrowful, if it's the burden of shame, is although we've been singing about shame be gone, if the sh- shame's there, or, or the stuff that holds us down, or the things that have happened in the past that have, although we know that God's take, taken them away, although we know that we forgive, we just replay them in our heads, and our heads, and our heads, and our heads, and um, it almost like defines us, and keeps us in that, and so although there's part of us that are fine, there's part of us that's just like, it just feels like it, we always have up like a, a puncture in the side. And it's, it gets plastered up and then we come on Sunday, it gets plastered up and then we go and it, almost like the bandage gets taken away and it just seems, we just seem to be in that cycle or cycle. You ever felt like that? I have. But I can guarantee you, you can find peace in the kingdom of God. When you're struggling and you don't know how this is going to happen and all the chaos is happening around you, you can find peace in the kingdom of God. The storm and the wind can be raging, but there can be supernatural peace that God can give you. You can find supernatural healing that you don't know how you're going to get over the hurt or the pain or the trauma, as Fraser was talking about last week, and all the stuff that's gone on, you thinking whatever it is, and there's, there's all that hurt, the, the trauma, whatever it is. I mean, how am I going to get healing in that? How am I going to forgive myself? There's healing in the kingdom of God. And it comes through Jesus. It comes through through Jesus. And some of you who perhaps think yourself, do you know what? It just feels like I'm struggling from day to day, from week to week. And sometimes you're almost like, 
I'm, just t- I'm not even just taking a, a year at a time. I'm not even taking a month at a time. I'm not even taking a week at a time. I'm not even taking a day at a time. I'm not even taking an hour at a time. Perhaps you're taking five minutes at a time. Or a minute at a time. There's that peace and rest assurance in knowing that even though it might feel like it's a hard season, and it is a hard season, and it's okay to recognize you're in a hard season, God will get you through it. And ultimately, there is hope. God brings hope. That even though you're going through stuff, there is hope. We have rest assurance. There's that promise of even if the worst case scenario is that I do pass away, I do pass away. I go to be with him. I have that guarantee, no matter what happens, I go to be with him. He's here with me now, and if I pass, if I breathe my last breath and go to him, there's a guarantee, I know where I'm going. There's a peace there. There's security there. I know that he's got me. I know he's got you. And you might not, and Jesus is saying to those people in, in that day, you know, some of you priests, some of you uh, Pharisees and Sadducees who think yourself so better than everyone else, you're actually your last. But you see the person struggling with the mental health every single day, but you keep on striving, you just keep on trusting me. You're first. The single, the single mum who feel like, how am, I, how am I coping with this? I just can't cope. You're first. Don't let other people put you down. God knows your heart. And he's after it. And the kingdom of God is constantly moving. There's nothing this world can do to stop the kingdom of God advancing. There's nothing this world can do, no what powers can do, no what politicians or the enemy can, enemy can do. There's nothing that they can do that can stop the kingdom of God advancing, moving, transforming lives, saving lives, changing communities, changing lives, changing the situations in your families, changing your circumstances. Nothing can stop that. Our God is awesome and powerful. The world is his and everything in it. Because even the Pharisees, they try to, they try to, it's, it's, it's a bit of a threat. In verse 31, from, from verse 31, it says, At that very hour, Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox. Jesus treats him with contempt. Go and tell that fox. Who is that person? Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow and the third day, and I will finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go away today and tomorrow and the following day, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. Jesus is after the heart. What's Jerusalem? Jerusalem is the heart of the nation of Israel, but it's the center. It's the heart It's the religious heart of Israel. Just as he's after the hearts of people, he uses that analogy for the heart of Israel. I am after all of Israel. I'm after its heart. 
I'm not going to perish anyway. No one tells me what I can and cannot do. No one tells me when I'm going to die. I know when I'm going to die. I laid down my life of my own accord. He does things his way. And he says, I know my time. Nothing can stop him. Nothing can change his, change his course. He knows what he's doing. And he does it. And he completes it. Don't let the voice of the enemy be so loud that you can't hear the voice of God. It's so easy in this day and age to listen to all the negativity about, to listen to all the stuff that's about that we fail to hear the voice of God. Which is one of the reasons why I've really been encouraged with some of the people who have been going through the EHS course where people have been saying, you know, I've just been spending time with God more and I've been hearing God more and it's just helped me. It's got, it's got me further. It's helped me to deal with some things. It's helped me to... And there's been different, different murmurings of stories from people. And I just want to encourage you that in this day and age where everything is... If you wanted to... You could close your Bible and you could just listen to sermon after sermon after sermon, prophetic word, prophetic word, prophetic word on YouTube or whatever, on podcasts, that we actually fail to get the nourishment and we fail to hear God for ourselves. Can I encourage you, whether it's to, whether it's an audio book, I have the, I have the Bible playing in the, in the car um, a lot of the time, just so, so, so I can ponder over and so I'm reading. So it's my version of reading through the Bible in a year. So although I love reading it, I read it, I, can't, I, st- uh, I study it, I go, I go through it. Um, but, I, but as you know, sometimes reading things is hard for happening. Sometimes there's words and phrases I catch while uh, ordering. So not only do I do it, I just have something playing in the background while I go and drive off to drive to see, some, drive to see someone. And plus, it helps when you're in traffic jam and you're wanting to bib that horn. It helps you get you put in check or something like that. Um, or if someone cuts you up, it helps you to think about other things. Um, but I just encourage you perhaps to just to, to go on that journey of really, really learning to hear the voice of God for yourself. Learn to hear what is he saying to you. Not what is he saying to some pathetic person across in America. What is he wanting to say to you? The amount of times I've been going through stuff and, you know, when I, when I was younger and you, you go to one conference and you might, get, you might hear something, you think, okay, that sort of applies. So you try and sort of apply it to yourself, but it then doesn't, but it sort of lasts for a period of time, but it doesn't really last. But the amount of times where perhaps I've been in a mood or um, God's said something, God, or God's had to correct me. It's just been, I've just heard his voice say, some, say something. And it's a bit of being corrected, but in that moment, it's totally transformed my perspective. But I had to hear that for myself. No one could, if, if a, someone said, you know, God says this to me, I would have been, okay, that, that's great. But because I heard it for myself, I learned it for myself, it resounded in me, it, it stayed there. And when we know God speaking to ourselves for the, for the truth, uh, when God's speaking to us, we know that that is true. 
And it's something so valuable in this day and age that we learn to hear the voice of God and learn to hear the word speaking through God, where it's, just, where it's in quiet times, where it's walking down the street, where it's, where it's cycling, where it's on the journey into work, where it's, you know, where you do, you're doing laundry and you're putting stuff in the washing machine or you're doing the dishes and you're just like, God, I know life's a bit crazy, but I'm just spending five, five minutes, five, ten minutes, five, ten minutes with you. Can you, speak, can you speak to me? Creating opportunities for God to speak to you, opening yourself up, say, God, what do you want to speak into me? We learn to hear the voice of God for yourself. It transforms you. It might freak you out at first and say, God, did you really just say that? One of the times I heard the voice of, I, I, I think I've shared this couple, might have shared this a couple times, where I was really angry at my council work bosses and I thought, do you know what, I'm just going to join the army because I've always wanted to be in the army. If I, wasn't, if I didn't go down the route, I would have been in the, in the army. And um, I remember I walked... Uh, Walked into their, uh, what's the word? It's not really, it's not a shop, but you know their their front, and it's got the it's got the navy there. They are it's got all the different services there, and I'm getting packs from them, and I'm speaking to di- to different ones. And as I walk as I walk out of speaking to them, thinking, you know what? I'm going to go home, and probably I might sign up. As you come out as you come out of the the shop. This year, you go onto a road, and there's a bin. There's a bin there, and um, I have to cross the. I have to cross the road to get into the vehicle. And as I'm about to cross the road, I hear God say, "Just throw that away." James, just throw it away. I'm looking. I'm looking around, going, "Who's that?" And so, I want to say I threw all of it away, but I didn't throw all of it away. I kept the DVD because I wanted to watch it. So I threw all the... All the, the guys are looking at me. They're still in the shop. They're in the front, and they're looking out. So they spent half hour chatting to me about different, about different things. And I grab all their material, and I'm by the bin, and I hear God say, just throw that away. And I look at it, and I look at the DVD, and I was like, throw that. And I've got the DVD, and I turn around, and they're just staring at me. I'm just like, okay, let's cross the road. Let's cross the road before I get taken out. But it's one of those things where, for me, at that moment in time, it was a life-changing moment because that was like, one of, it was like the second time I've heard the voice of God. And it changed my perspective for the rest of the day. Somehow, although I was still a little bit in a bit of a mood with the boss, it changed my perspective. It changed my days as well. Like, I've just heard from God. I never watched that DVD. I put it up on my shelf and it was there for years, but I never watched it. Because it was, it was just used as a constant, a constant reminder of I could have gone in one direction, but God, but God stopped me. And so just, it's only um, recently, recently, just before I married my wife, that I, I threw it away. I was, I was like, I don't need that anymore. kingdom of God is fantastic. And God speaks to you and ministers to you and transforms you. Whether it's in your times of joy and he's saying, I'm proud of you. Well done. 
or whether it's a little bit of a correction. It's like, James, really? It's a bit like, it's a bit like uh, Jonah at the end, where he's, you know, where he's having that argument with God. And God says, do you do well? And he goes, yes, I do do well. He has this argument. He has this argument. It's a little bit like that. It might be a bit of correction, but even in the correction, he'll transform your life and make it better. And no matter what the enemy tries to do in your life, if you keep says striving wholeheartedness seeking God and going after him, learning to listen to his voice, learning his words and learning that man's way, he'll transform you, protect you, heal you in whatever way you need healing. We might not get physical healing on this earth, but we're guaranteed healing when we go to be with him. I'm hoping, because if I have dyslexia in heaven, I'm going to be flipping annoyed. Because <laughs> I know I'm not going to get healing in this, in this stuff, because as I've said before, he's told me he's not going to do it. And that's annoying, I know that even though I might not get that, even though I have good friends who have passed away with cancer and other different bits and pieces, I know where they're at and I know there's been safety because they are now healed and they're in heaven. I know because the kingdom of God brings that security, brings that safety, brings that power, brings that hope. 